Welcome to the Cyber Firefight Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Tarrin, the Deputy CISO at Fortinet and author of the book, Fight Fire with Fire, Proactive Cybersecurity Strategies for Today's Leaders. In this Cybersecurity Perspectives podcast, we will talk with a different cybersecurity expert from the book in each episode and discuss valuable perspectives and important takeaways from their individual chapter. Today, I'll be talking with Marianne Bailey, Partner, Guidehouse, and Cybersecurity Leader. Welcome, Marianne. Thanks, Renee. Glad to be here with you. As a contributor with to Fight Fire with Fire, you know, one of your focus areas is really talking about, um, you know, various aspects of talking with the board, because again, that's an important uh, responsibility for cyber leaders, especially in today's environment. But before we dive into that, I would like you to start off by telling us a little bit about your background and how you came into the cyber field. Thanks, uh, Renee. Happy to, happy to discuss that. Came into the cyber field a very, very long time ago when this word cyber didn't even exist. Um, I started my career as an engineer at the National Security Agency in communication security, um, which was like crypto, um, protecting uh, communications for things that the nation really um, cared about, like all their high value type assets, whether it's nuclear type stuff or just, you know, presidential communications or lead military communications. So I started in that area. um, But as computers uh, became more prevalent, obviously, and integrated into everything we do, that career itself just kind of morphed. So it went from communication security to computer security to information security, information assurance, and now cybersecurity, which encompasses all of those things. Um, Over my career, I kind of just grew up in that area. I bounced around the Department of Defense, um, the intelligence community with various different jobs and some joint jobs. Um, ultimately landing as kind of the lead of cybersecurity for the National Security Agency is my last job. And prior to that, I had the senior cybersecurity job in the Pentagon um, as the principal director of deputy CIO for cyber. I spent most of my career uh, working with what I now call clients and guidehouse, but it's really customers um, across the Department of Defense and the intelligence community, helping them understand and secure all of their systems, all of their networks, um, all of their information. That's definitely a diverse and well-rounded uh, background. Thanks. Um, it's been so fun. Di- <laughs> absolutely. So diving into fight fire with fire, proactive strategies for today's leaders. Um, your chapter focused on achieving effective communication with a board, and in your chapter, you really stress the importance of being prepared when it comes to meeting with the board. Can you elaborate on this? Sure. So I would say um, much of my career and specifically probably the last decade have focused on being able to stress the importance of cybersecurity to senior leadership. In my case, you know, that could have been Congress, that could have been the White House, that could have been senior acquisition boards in the DOD, or it could have been the board at NSA, but it was senior people. um, And it was for a multitude of reasons, right? It could have been for um, seeking more money to do what we had to do, right? Cyber is exploding. Um, NSA's mission and the DOD's mission to protect that uh, obviously is exploding. So you need more technology, you need enterprise programs, you need to invest more. Um, Our adversaries are becoming more advanced. So what was good 10 years ago is no longer good today. So it could have been for investment reasons, or it could have been I was part of an assessment team and it could have been red team, blue teaming, or actually like a cybersecurity, you know, enterprise assessment or architecture assessment and trying to explain to senior leadership why they needed to invest their money to protect something beyond what they were doing today. 
Um, and I watched over my career, I watched success and I watched, you know, lack of success in that area and usually lack of success in that area and moving the needle forward um, all came down to communicating in a way that that senior leadership really understood. Um, so I had this little thing <laughs> that I used to tell my team, even in my last job at NSA, when we were going down to brief people, maybe in Congress or in the Pentagon or the White House, it's who are the people that you're talking? Who is your audience? And why should they care? Like put it in a way that's relevant to them. Why do they care? You're not going to know um, why they care if you don't know them. You don't know them. You don't know their background. Right. And you don't know what they're, you know, what they're trying to accomplish. So you have to put it in terms where um, where they actually care. And in order to know that, you have to know them. And so does it also take about knowing, you know, what the goals are of that board as well and, and ensuring that, you know, you're putting in, into context, you know, your mission objectives and so how it relates to helping uh, accomplish that mission, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. You need to know what the goals of the board are. But that said, um, it doesn't mean that they shouldn't have goals that they don't that they don't have. And let me explain that a little bit. Um a lot of them, you know, understand cybersecurity to a certain level and they want to protect their company and their assets. What they don't understand is how far reaching that threat is in their environment. And so helping them understand why they care about something, which actually impacts something they do care about. Obviously, they care about the company making money. Actually, they care about the company's reputation, right? There's all these things that they care about. They care about the company's operations, um, when you look at cyber adversaries, and Renee, you're 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 very well aware of this, um, and it's one of the things that I try to stress is they come in all shapes and sizes, right? There's nation-state adversaries which are incredibly stealthy, very sophisticated, very strategic, right? Uh, a lot of times, their intent is not necessarily to disrupt. If it's a company that they're going after, maybe it's to steal secrets. They don't even want you to know that they're there. Um, what we have seen recently, and we all saw it publicly over the last you know, year with the pandemic and health, with the cyber adversary activity in healthcare, is less sophisticated adversaries have access to these same kind of bad tools, right, to get into your environments, and they, they mess up. And so they want to come in and they just want to do some ransomware type activity where they encrypt your data or they take your network down and they hold it hostage until you pay them. But they've done a really, really lousy job of it and that they can't reconstitute the environment, Right. We've had cases of ransomware stuff that we've supported where they they poorly encrypted the data. They cannot encrypt it, right? Now you've lost it. So, and if people don't have a good, you know, data backup, data recovery plan, then it's it's a huge problem. So, making the board understand that you know they need to care about cybersecurity for all of these different reasons. Um, we're we're working with a company where um, it was really reputation. The whole thing was reputation. They were doing some really um, kind of critical stuff for companies in trouble, supporting them. And they had lots of data about companies in trouble that would, you know, these companies would not want that to ever be public. If that went public, this, this company that's been business business for 40 years would be out of business. So making sure the board really understands it is an education process. Um, I know we'll talk about some of the challenges of that communication, but there are challenges in communicating that. Absolutely. So that goes into my, my next very next question for you. So good forecasting um, is, you know, a lot of our people you know, struggle when it comes to meeting the board, the board because they, they talk at different levels um, at, at the board. So the board can't necessarily comp comprehend, you know, what they're trying to convey. It is important what they're trying to convey, but sometimes it just kind of goes right over top of the board's head. 
Um, so, you know, what challenges have you seen with people, you know, trying to communicate with the board? And then what would be your advice on how they should be doing that communication more effectively? Yeah, I think, um, I think all of us that are technology folks have to constantly get better at it. We speak, even when we think we're speaking simple, you know, unless the board member is a technologist or a cybersecurity person, they just don't, they don't get it. They don't get the impact and they don't really understand what you're saying. Um, I still learn this all the time, right? I've been in meetings where I talk about something like identity and access management. <laughs> and I've been talking about it like for three months with a client. And then finally at the end, they go, you know, I don't really understand what that is. What is that? So it's something that I think is so basic and so simple, but they really don't get the gist of it and what it is. And our, you know, our field's pretty complicated. Um, and so what I have found, analogies work great to you and to me. You may think they're simplistic. It's like you're talking to, you know, you know, I would say your parents or your grandparents or whatever, or you're talking to a child. But and it's, that's not meant to be demeaning. It's just you have to take the technology out of it. It's the technology is very complex for those of us in it. We've grown up in it. We've built it over time. But for most board members, you're not there. And so. I have been in dozens and dozens of meetings where I feel like I'm an interpreter all the time. I've sat in senior meetings in the Pentagon, watching somebody brief something and seeing eyes glazed over. Um, the way that it's perceived by the board or that senior leader is that you don't understand them. You don't understand them enough to know, to be able to present something that they would care about. Um, it's not perceived, well, how it's perceived by the technolo technologist people, it's like, they don't understand the stuff at all. They don't even know what I'm doing. They should be more technical. Well, no, they shouldn't be more technical. That's not their job, right? You need to be able to communicate so that they can understand it. Um, and so use the technical, lose it, lose the technical jargon. You have to. Um, and I found what works is explaining, if we don't do this, this is what could happen to us, right? And don't explain that in a technical fashion. We could lose our IP we could lose, you know, this data that's so critical to us. Somebody could take our systems down. I mean, I, I'm sure if um, we did a after action report on Colonial Pipeline and somebody said to them, hey, because we don't protect our back office system sufficiently, our billing system, if somebody gets in and locks us out of that, it shuts our company down for a week. We're not delivering oil. We're losing tens of millions of dollars, right? Um, they would have had their eyes wide open, right? But nobody actually takes it and explains it at that level, how this system relates to this system, which ultimately is going to impact, you know, your company. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, you know, for when you're going to the board for resources, you know, A, it can matter of how successful you are in getting those resources you need it comes down to how effective you are. Um, and similar to if you don't do a good job communicating that and the board you know, doesn't see your vision and strategy and plan and choose not to invest, I mean, you can really put your overall organization at, at significant risk. So one of the things you, you, you talk about um, in your chapter, which, which kind of struck me was, you know, building a relationship with the board members. And I, I think a lot of people really, you know, focus on, you know, going to the board meetings, you know, or in a quarterly fashion or, or what have you. Um, and in your book, you're really focusing on getting to know those board members and having those one-on-one -on -one, you know, relationships. You know, can you explain you know, your, your perspective and your, and your rationale why that's such an important piece? 
Um, yeah, I think that's critically important. And that has proven to be unbelievably successful. If you're just somebody that walks in and walks out and you don't have that relationship, um, A, how do you know how to tailor your message to them, right? Um, you don't. So you need to know them. You need to talk to them. You need to listen to them. You need to incorporate that into what you're what you're proposing and what you're asking. You need to spend one-on-one -on -one time because they'll ask you questions one-on-one, -on -one, right? I don't get this or how does that really impact us? Or this is my focus. How does that impact my focus and, and what I'm working on? It helps you understand and um, it helps them understand. And then the other thing is when you get, and I've had all this happen to me, when you get in that board meeting and you have someone that is not um, maybe bought into what you're doing, one person, they can sway the entire board because they're negative. You have somebody that is a board member, not you, that's going to speak on your behalf. So let's say there's another person there that's really all in with you, right? And they, they really support this and they think it's critical. They start defending you. Um, they're not really defending you. They're defending the idea. They're defending the need for this. Um, it's very, very easy to kind of, you know, squash that negative argument when you have another board member supporting you. So, I mean, and I can't, um, you know, I can't really emphasize that enough. You need, you know, allies on the board and you need to understand the board. Anytime that, that I was um, trying to do something which was like at a board C-suite level, whether it was trying to get funding, I think what people don't understand in the DOD world, it's a zero sum game. The DOD gets so much money. If I wanna increase my budget and I need money or I want the Air Force to increase their budget because they need to do something with, you know, airplanes or whatever, whoever it is, and I'm going in and pushing for resources, somebody has to give up money there for me to get it, right? So and nobody wants to give up money because nobody has enough money, no matter what you're doing to do all the things you want to do. So I have to go on there and convince all these three-star acquisition generals that they need to find money in their budgets and give it to me. Well, if I haven't met with all of them independently, so they know what's in it for them and why they care and why they're willing to support me, I'm, they're just going to kick me out of the room. And I've seen it many times, right? It can either be a very contentious meeting or it can be um, an excellent meeting where we're all working for a common good. So um, but that doesn't happen by accident. You really need allies and you really need to know them and understand them. That doesn't mean every one of those one-on-one -on -one meetings is going to go great. I mean, I have been, you know, effectively kicked out, <laughs> kicked out of offices before because I wasn't getting my message across. Um, and then I ended up having, you know, one-on-one -on -one meetings because I'm a pretty forceful person. And I'm like, if you would have listened to me, I would have solved problems for you. You didn't take the time to listen. And then they just got aggravated. And I learned how to be concise. Right. I learned how to tailor it toward them. And then uh, lo and behold, that person becomes my biggest advocate over time. And I become like his right hand going into places for, you know, for meetings and stuff. So there really are ways to turn that around. And I have just found that um, establishing those relationships is really critical. Um, I, you know, I've heard people say, and I think it's very common practice. If you wait to establish a relationship until you need to call on that person, it's too late. You need that relationship before. Yeah, absolutely. It also gives them time, you know, especially if someone's, you know, unfamiliar with the topic you're trying to convey, especially a lot of the stuff we do in the cyber world, it, it is very technical, but it has mission impact. And so it also gives those board members the opportunity to ask those questions privately one-on-one -on -one that they may not want to necessarily, you know, do in a group forum to show that, you know, they may not have all the complete understanding as, as some of their peers. Um, but I agree. I mean, once they have that understanding, um, that's huge to have an, an ally in, in the room, um, you know, given their perspective and it's just not you. I mean, that's that's huge. Um, 
Yeah, the other thing, Renee, just following up on that, which you touched on, um, it does give you a more one-on-one personal relationship with them. And they are much more apt to just come clean and say, I don't even get this stuff. Um, and then it does give you, and I've done this before, opportunities to bring other people in to continue to educate them right before that board meeting. Uh, maybe they don't understand the ramifications from a legal perspective for the company, from a privacy perspective. You bring in privacy people. Maybe they don't understand some other aspect of it. So it gives you an opportunity to, in a very unthreatening environment, to help you know help them grow and learn. Yeah, I mean, I think that that is uh, valuable advice for for anyone. Is you know, Marianne, I, I think you you hit that nail on the head. It's you know definitely comes down to building those relationships, and that's you know, not just coming in when, when you need something or worse, when something's bad happening. Um, but, you know, having that relationships the entire time along the way. So, you know, as we begin to wrap up, you know, I, I want to leave the, our audience with, um, you know, some key pieces of advice. You know, what would you give to cyber leaders um, as we wrap up 2021 and we head into 2022? Right. So just kind of some pretty simple stuff. As a cyber leader, I just urge everybody to stay current, right? The cyber world is so fluent. Things are things are happening um, all the time. Adversaries are, you know, I, <laughs> um, when I was at NSA in my job and I had access to a lot of intelligence and I saw a lot of things the cyber adversaries were doing, it never ceased to amaze me how creative they were. Like how they use cyber for a lot of different means, not just technology means. They use it for political means. They use it for all kinds of means, right? So just kind of stay current and stay on top of things. Um, Keep your board updated so they understand this, right? Um, They need to understand that there's many possible ramifications from a cyber attack. I talked about some of those, right? But companies don't um, prepare themselves for all of them, right? Ransomware, disruption, destruction, right? IP theft. There's a lot of reasons why cyber adversaries do what they do. Um, and then the last, you know, not the last thing, but the next thing really is to work hard to educate your workforce. Still by far our weakest link um, is humans, right? And our workforce. And so, um, you know, cyber, we, you know, many of us are social media animals, especially our younger workforce as a huge social media, um, uh, you know, animals, whatever, where we live on social media all the time. People don't understand. I mean, we have whole practices we do in Guidehouse looking at open source information and what's out there and what you can find. And a lot of companies have that. And certainly governments have that, right? They look at open source. So there's a lot of information out there about, uh, about your people. It's very often to guess passwords, uh, very, very easy um, to fill out all those things. Where was your first high school? What was your first mascot? I mean, all these things are common things to be able to find. So it's really important to educate your workforce. Um, and then really focus on the cyber basics. Um, for your entire enterprise, not just the parts that you care about, right? Everything's interconnected. We have this huge digital ecosystem. So, you know, focus on cyber basics for your entire enterprise, um, establish and exercise a governance program, know where all your data is, um, and then you're going to get hacked. Everybody does, right? So implement and exercise an incident response plan with all the required stakeholders. Don't do it once, do it at least yearly, if not more. That's your chief risk officer, your privacy lawyers, your operations people, so that when it happens to you, you are, you're prepared. Yeah, absolutely. That's some sound, sound advice. Cause again, it's sometimes it's the, it's that low hanging fruit is what the adversaries is going after and um, it can really cause really significant catastrophic uh, effects. So it, it comes down to doing what we call some of the, some of the basics and doing them well. 
Marianne, I want to thank you. First of all, thank you for your service to the U.S. government, your leadership there, um, but also for being a contributor to Fight Fire with Fire. Um, you give some great advice for people to, um, to leverage. Um, and so I want to thank you for taking your time and, and joining us today. You're welcome. You're welcome on both accounts. Thanks for inviting me to participate in the book. Love to definitely um, promote women in technical fields and specifically women in cyber, as you would agree with me. It's an incredible career to get into and you'll have an incredible future because it's not going away. Um, and thanks for inviting me to be part of this today. Absolutely, Marianne. Um, and again, thank you, audience. Thank you for taking your time and listening today. If you want more information on Fight Fire with Fire, um, go to our blog at httpsftnt.net cyber firefight. Thanks, everyone. If you want more information on Fight Fire with Fire, go to our blog at ftnt.net slash cyber firefight.